I would like to complain in the strongest possible terms. I am absolutely outraged. Positive bias. I don't listen to this podcast for, you know, happy-go-lucky, namby-pamby, aren't we all having a wonderful time, nonsense. I'm here for existential angst. I want to hear you, racked by doubt, assailed by fear. Sort it out, Mr. Webster, or else. Good day, sir. Welcome to the Roleplay Rescue Game Master's Journal. My name is Che Webster, and I'll be taking you behind the scenes of my own Game Master journey. Each journal episode features my audio notes recorded here and there over the weeks between my regular gaming sessions. It's a pretty candid snapshot of my inner life as a gamer, so you have been warned. Game on. Sunday morning, and uh, I've been up a while. I've been doing the ironing and stuff this morning. Listening to a few podcasts, caught Spencer's "Keep Off the Borderlands" episode, um, in which he talks about starting the Rollgate game, which you know has kind of just got underway for the last twenty-four hours or so. And it's a wonderful, wonderful thing you have to hear, guys. If you haven't gone and listened to Spencer's uh, episode, um, little cameo of him in character as um, Marnus. Um, and uh, it's awesome. It's good fun. And Spencer, if you're listening, thanks for doing that, man. I really enjoyed it. Really made me chuckle. Good stuff. And you kind of, you know, <laughs> I don't know. You just give me a few ideas. Cheers, man. I feel like I've kind of come around full circle over the last week or so. Um, so I sat down this afternoon and started to work using World Anvil on codifying really and building my world of my Kovnia. and it's interesting because the reason why I'm sitting down and doing this now is simply because I started a game on Rollgate um, with Spencer and Derek and you know there are times where you just need to be at like um, cut and paste your information around you know and I suddenly realized that if I'm sitting here using a digital tool to play a digital game on Rollgate then I might as well have all the notes digitally and I do have a variety of files, but you know, I'm into that already, into that multiple files thing. Ugh. And so, yeah, I think it's worth time put in, codifying, putting together, you know, entries into, um, into World Anvil, and um, I started enjoying it as well. It's also one of those things that, you know, prior to sitting down to prep or to work on on my campaign world, that uh, I always feel resistance. But once I start, I sort of enjoy it. Um, so today I'm just going to take my notes that I have and put them into World Anvil, see where that takes me, I guess. And uh, yeah, but my point is, I I feel like I've come full circle, you know. I found my interest and desire to prep again, and that's a cool thing. Well, it's Sunday afternoon. I've spent a goodly couple of hours today working on World Anvil. Um, and yeah, it's cool actually. Kind of created a number of articles and bits and pieces. 
a lot of it is placeholder stuff, you know, like really minimal information because I haven't necessarily generated a lot, but it's uh, it's good actually. Start to see things coming together, and I'm taking stuff out of documents that I've written, and I'm putting them into the World Anvil sort of engines. Quite good. What's of particular promise are the campaign management elements, actually. Um, whilst I hate the use of the term plot, which they use, um, what you're really talking about is a series of articles that are specifically about your um, adventures, and that's very easy to organise into sort of nodal pieces of information. So that's great. And... Um, the other thing that's nice is being able to invite players to come in and create the characters. And obviously if they do that, and I don't know if they will, but if they do, they can they can access World Anvil's player stuff, which allows you to do stuff like journals for your character, um, even post um, a kind of a live stream almost of what your character's going on and doing, um, and lots of other information. Um, I kind of need to delve into doing things like creating character sheets and such, because I think that would really help. But long and short of it is, I sort of stuck in today and done some game prep, um, and have actually added a few things to the world and sort of rounded a few things out, which is good. And um, I think going forward, I'll be in a position where I can now start adding content rather than codifying what I've already written. Um, but I guess I have to start somewhere. So it's been pleasant. I'm going to actually sit down with a book and um, read a little bit this afternoon. So yeah, positive Sunday. Monday, the 1st of July. Crikey, where did the year go? So Saturday, Deb and I went and saw Yesterday, which is a film about what the world might be like if the Beatles um, had never performed and if uh, the songs had never been sort of heard. Good film, really worth watching, guys, and um, quite poignant. I really was quite, you know, affected by it and... Uh, it's got me thinking over the last couple of days. And one of the thoughts I've been having is, you know, a world without other things. And obviously for me, a world without Dungeons and Dragons. Crikey, that would be a very different world for me, a very different life. I don't know, maybe I'd have been more successful by the terms of the rest of the world, but I don't know. Pretty sure I'd be more miserable. But yeah, I... <laughs> So what does this bring me? It brings me to some gratitude. I suddenly realised that actually, you know, I really like the Beatles, so forgive me if you're not a fan, but a world without their songs is a darker world. And actually, I don't think you could do worse than just like playing uh, a Beatles track every morning when you get up to cheer yourself up, really. Good counter to the misery of the world. But I also think, like, you know, we have to get up and be grateful for our hobby for what uh, Gaiax and Arneson created for all of their, their own personal flaws and for all of the flaws of the original game and for all of the challenges in our hobby. I don't know, I'm grateful for it. I really love gaming and especially role-playing games and I just think the world will be a, a, a less rich and a more empty place without it. It's Tuesday morning, just a quick check-in really. Um, reached the halfway point in the special project, so that's kind of cool. Um, nice to cross that threshold and it's downhill all the way. 
In theory, tonight is Games Night with Kids, so looking forward to that. I've been doing some stuff, um, I think, as I mentioned, on um, World Anvil. So I'm hoping to use the map on there with the pins in it today, the map of Grimsfork, and see how that works and how useful that is, really. Um, kind of like the idea of throwing up the map on the big interactive whiteboard in the in the classroom. <laughs> Anyway, what depends on whether kids make it. It being summer and the sun coming, there's an awful lot of temptation to not be here, so we shall see. Oh, home was Wednesday night. Oh, sorry, Tuesday night. Going mad. Um, home, Tuesday night. And, um, yeah, interesting game session. Weird. I had six players, um, four of whom are massively engaged with the mystery they're investigating and who were quite happy to go along with... Uh, following the clues and tracking things and and we learned today could be thing we had we learned today how to do an interaction scene and I kind of had to sort of step back and explain how characters in the world are going to have some characters will be quite happy to help you with things especially if you're paying um, but characters a lot of, often will have um, NPCs will often have uh, objections reasons why they don't want to talk to you and kind of part of the game is learning to overcome those objections. And I personally mechanically handle this in the way the angry GM advises with sort of giving objections of value from 1 to 10 and working through any kind of... Um, any objection can be countered with an incentive of some kind. So, uh, and I give that a value from 1 to 10 and I kind of cancel out. And when the, the, the objections are eliminated or reduced to a low enough number, then the character will give information or give partial information or whatever. So I taught them how to do that today. It was great. And they had a good interaction scene with uh, one of the uh, characters within the village, which is awesome. They got some information. Um, and that, there's four characters having a great time. And then there's these two other players, young lads who were basically um very loud very much wanting attention and who just want to do their own thing they're like we don't want to play a mystery we want to do our own thing and initially were very disruptive um kind of went off and did their own thing did nothing actually achieved nothing kind of wandering around they're talking about things like wanting to go off and so they can capture some wild beast and tame it and um one character would like to uh kind of go off and set up a business and trade and do stuff. I have, in theory, no issue with characters and players who want to do those kinds of things. It's just that they were clearly just making up stuff that wasn't what we were doing. And it's weird to sit at a gaming table and deliberately do the opposite to what the other players want to do. To me, that's exactly this thing of not engaging kind of being selfish, not engaging with what the majority of people at the table want to do. Um, now, as a GM, I, honest with you, I could roll if they didn't go with the mystery, I could roll with that, I could do many other things. There are lots of other things they could be doing, investigating, looking into, picking up clues about whatever they wanted to do. But it was clear that the majority, the four, wanted to do this mystery, they wanted to follow up on it, and these other two players are disrupting that. And there are a few times when I, I really, I haven't quite got to the point of saying, you guys need to leave. But I did get several times of going, look, if you don't want to play this, this is okay. You can go. You don't have to stay here. And it's weird because they kind of want to be there, but they don't want to play uh, with the others. It's weird. So I've got to decide how I'm going to handle that. I think um, talking to the other four players on the way out, because these two guys left quickly. Towards the end, they kind of decided to leave, and they went ahead of the others. The other four hanging back, chatting about the game a bit, 
speculated a bit, which is sort of normal stuff you'd expect from players. And they, f- I think, feel like they, they don't really want to boot these guys out, but they don't really want these guys around. They don't get why they're where they're coming from. So it may fall on me as GM to boot two players. Um, I don't know. We've only got two sessions. We've got three weeks left, two sessions left out of that, because I've got to do again. Um, so it actually might be a bit moot. Um, we can, we'll see how it goes next time. But um, yeah, other than that, I mean, you know, so really good investigation thing being disrupted a little bit by two players being basically a bit silly, to be honest. I think not engaging. I find it interesting, though, because players not engaging with the thing that's going on because it's not what they thought of. Um, one of them was like, where can we go and get rich? You know, <laughs> that's irony, the irony being that um, the particular mystery that they're on could well be quite lucrative, but hey, whatever. So there, that's where I'm up to. Got some work to do tonight, home kind of later tonight, and I've got some work to do tonight before I can really relax. Um, I am pretty tired, but I had a good session. It was a good time. I'm really pleased that those four players are engaged. I've got two girls and two boys who are really getting into it, really enjoying it, and yeah, it felt good. Thursday morning, thought I'd better check in. Um, yeah, what's going on? Um, playing Rollgate, uh, or using Rollgate, sorry, to play a game. Um, we're playing in Mykovnia. We're using the Castle Crusades rule set, although I think we've made precisely one die roll. Um, and that's good. So having fun. Derek and um, and Spencer playing. We did have uh, this interesting thing where sort of three random people we didn't know asked to come in and play. Um, I was okay with that, but uh, one of the players is not so comfortable at this stage, so um, I've had to sort of say no, which in a way is a shame because I think a big group would work. But on the other hand, you know, you've got to respect your players that you have. Um, and I'm, I'm really trying to provide, I suppose, a, a more personal um, a gaming outlet for my friends, which, you know, is, is important, actually. Um, strangers at the table are not always... Uh, what people want so that's fair enough but yeah it's fun it's incredibly slow paced because we're playing maybe one or two posts a day max you know that's our expectation there's nothing wrong with that um, but I don't think I'll need to prep much for, uh, for a while that being said prep is on my mind I'm thinking a lot about the game in September I'm thinking a lot about what the uh, my teenage group is doing and I'm thinking a lot about generally Castle Crusades in Mykovnia and uh, there's a lot of stuff I need to do really I've got my basic sandbox but I need to you know start populating that more using World Anvil is proving very interesting because there's a need to populate the um, you know the places and, and what have you with detail and it kind of forces creativity it forces this sense of I need to write something about that, even if it's only a few lines, descriptive, whatever. Um, and I kind of like that, I think. I think I like that it's pushing me a little bit to add and add and add. Um, out of the few bits here and there in the last day or two when I had a spare minute. And that's what I kind of like. I like the fact that I can quickly type a sentence or two, put an entry in, you know, and, and that's really a little bit more done, a little bit more done. So it's going to be a project that's, kind of done in a, I guess in a way that is ideal for me. I like to do, break things down to little pieces and then do the little pieces and 
make a small amount of progress. Um, that all builds up, you know, the um, much-famed um, accumulation of marginal gains. Um, so, yeah, that's cool. The other thing that's on my mind is solo gaming, because I don't really have, um, other than the role game, which is tick along quietly in the background of my life, um, there's not going to be a Friday night game until September. There's not really going to be much, there's going to be two more, exactly two more sessions with the uh, guys at school before the end of the year. Um, and and then I'm going to have like about a month and a half of no gaming at all. Um, so yeah, soloing's on my mind. And um, I think one of the things I'm really bad at is something that Dave Aldridge in his um, podcast kind of encourages, which is the idea of GMing um, using some random generators to kind of like spark your creativity and make life easier for yourself and I'm not very good at that I don't think I don't think I'm very good at using those things and I also recognize that there's probably a need for me to go and identify sources from different places and bring them together um, I tend to want to use a single product at a time um, but I've, obviously that's not necessarily the most practical thing the most practical thing might be to mash up a whole load of resources from different places and I kind of think I need to go digging around and finding my favourite resources so there's a thought Wow, it's Friday night boy am I missing our group um, the Friday night group had its session last week with Cole Cthulhu and that was it really for the summer so we're not meeting again until September and um, I'm really missing it tonight I came home and finished off a bit of work, special project. <laughs> Had some food with Deb and we watched a bit of Stranger Things Series 3. And then Deb's turning in and I'm sort of left here thinking, well, you know, it's still a bit early. I am tired, but normally we'd be gaming and it really just struck me how much I kind of miss that, really. Um, so, yeah, I guess I'm... Looks like tomorrow I've got I've got a bit of work to do and I've got some serious recording to do for the podcast. Um but outside of that I've got some time. Debbie's out with her friends and um yeah, I've got some time alone. So I'm thinking maybe I'll do some gaming tomorrow. Um if not tonight. I've sort of tempted to pingle about with a rule book tonight and um don't know, been thinking about one or two different things and one of the ideas, sort of inspired by Dave Aldridge, and if you listen to Deeper Centaur, but it's kind of cool, I'm getting into what Dave does, I like what Dave does and he got me thinking about some of the random dungeon generators that I own um, just recently listening to his very abortive attempt at using the 5e1 from the Dungeon Master's Guide, but I just remembered I've got Carson Crusades engineering dungeons, for example, and I want a giant thing. I've also got um, the Castle Old School uh, dungeon generator. Um, yeah, I kind of fancy a bit of that. A bit of roll up a dungeon. That sounds a bit fun. I don't know. I'm just feeling a bit um, out of it, I guess. But, um, yeah, whatever. <laughs> You don't want to hear me do rebel on and be depressed, so. <laughs> well, unless you're Spencer. 
straight after that last entry on Friday, I actually went and grabbed some stuff and decided to try engineering dungeons using the random generator. Now, I actually spent about 50 minutes in total um, rolling the beginnings of a dungeon and populating it. And it was actually in a heck of a lot of fun. Really, really good. Um, but it's 50 minutes of stuff. So what I've chosen to do, I've decided to do, is just take, I'm just going to take the first five minutes or so of that um, and edit that down for you and chunk it in. And here's what I need to know from you as the listeners. Is it worth me uploading the whole 50-minute segment unedited, as dull as it is with all the you know, warts and all, pauses, everything? Is it worth uploading that to the Patreon page? Or even, is it worth uploading that to Anchor as a bonus? Because I don't know if you want to hear this kind of rubbish. But, I don't know, let me know what you think. So here we are, here's the first five minutes or so of me rolling a dungeon. Um, make of it what you will. Right, well, it's Friday night and I've decided to grab, I sat at the table, I've grabbed myself some 7mm um, A3 squared paper, I've got a pad of paper, I've got a couple of pencils, I've got my dice out, and I've got Carlson Crusade's Engineering Dungeons, and I'm just going to just basically see what I can create. So, Mr. Aldridge, Dave Aldridge, I guess this one's for you. Table 1, the purpose of a dungeon, it's D20 table. Um, ooh, so we roll it near it. I can't actually put it in my roleplay rescue drawer. Um, dice roll in the box, also known as a tray. <laughs> uh, got an 18. That's a religious uh, building, so we've got a religious purpose. Lovely. Um, so I'm skipping forward to the builder's d20 table. Who built it? Eight. It's a burrowing monster of some kind. That says burrowing monster. So, ah, interesting. Burrowing monster. Religious place for a burrowing monster. That's kind of interesting. I'm not quite sure. Right, where is it? Maybe this will help with my inspiration. D20 table locations. A five is in a particular terrain. Roll again on the terrain table, table 3.1. Uh, a seven, planes. Um, okay, so it's on the planes. Making a note, planes terrain. Um, okay. Um, size, how big is the dungeon? D20 roll. And it gives me. So each one should be rolled for or selected at my discretion. So I'm going for depth first. Depth 13 is two levels. Two levels of dungeon. The width is two. So one sheet. This is eight inches. One sheet of paper. Um, okay, eight inches. And then the length is 16, is 44. No, 33. <laughs> 33 is three sheets. Um, okay, wish I could actually measure this bit of paper, but okay. Um, standard 11 by something sheets. So I guess, I guess what I'm doing is 
Um, yeah, I'll do two A4 sheets and I'll do them lengthways, so the narrow end, end to end, basically on length, two levels that go that far. Okay, entrance to the dungeon. How to enter the dungeon. Um, so roll, select based on the following table, once for each column. Um, Yeah, so there's a there's a number of dun uh, entrances are known and hidden. Um, so how many entrances have we got then? So there are all of ten. There's one entrance. <laughs> mm -hmm. I'm already not that keen because I like dungeons with multiple entrances, but never mind. Is it a known entrance? Um, or one that's yes. So it's known. Um, is it a hidden entrance? World of 17, yes. So it's known, but it's hidden. Interesting, um, perhaps hard to find. Um, so it says a known entrance indicates a large percentage of the local population knows about the dungeon. And take point you there, but the entrance means that very few people know the exact point of entrance. So the method of entry is a d20 table, roll in a 14. That's a shaft. Oh, I'm liking this. <laughs> shaft, typically one I intend to be in mind. Shaft, okay, so I'm thinking burrowing creature, shaft going down. That could not necessarily be straight down, that could be at an angle, couldn't it? And then it kind of goes into this, this dungeon, which was of religious significance, which is interesting. Um, okay. <laughs> I really have to go and think about that one. So, um, yeah, age, how old is this thing? D20. Um, one, 1D4 millennia. Okay, D4. D4. Uh, four. So it's four millennia old. <laughs> now we're thinking the great old ones all of a sudden, aren't we? Wow. Right, so we're ready to draw now. So basically, um, I need to do the tables as following. So I've got to do a, an, in, an entrance structure and location. That's table seven. Um, and then I pick a pathway direction. Um, and there may be pathway features. And then back to doing a pathway direction and pathway features. And so on and so on and so on and so on. So, yeah, there you go. That's me. Solo rolling a dungeon, we're beginning to. It actually gets a heck of a lot more interesting after that bit, but it's 50 minutes. So, like I said, let me know if you want to hear the whole thing, you want me to post the whole thing, either on Patreon or, heaven forbid, even possibly on Anchor, then call in, let me know, because uh, I honestly don't know what to do with it. Uh, probably best that I hide it under the bed and hope no one ever sees it again. Anyway, guys, uh, that's about it for this week, and it'll be the last GM's Journal of the series, I'm sad to say. So uh, hmm, hang on in there until season four. That's it for another GM's Journal episode. As always, please let me know what you think and drop me an anchor voice message to share your response. My goal is to create a community of discovery about role-playing games in which you can feel accepted, whether as a player or as a game master. Come and join the conversation. In the meantime, all that's left is to wish you a fond farewell and all the best at your gaming table. 
My name is Che Webster, and this has been a Roleplay Rescue GM's Journal episode. See you again on the flip side. Game on.